0: Hi, this is Andrew, and this is Keen the daily now.tv chat show with some of the world's leading thinkers and writers. Hello everybody, it is June the 22nd, 2023, almost exactly 10 years ago, seems a long time now, I'm looking suitably youthful, people watching (laughs) this uh I had Jeff Stone my old friend on the show he had a first book out on Jeff Bezos and Amazon it was called uh, the Everything Store Jeff Bezos and the Age of Amazon interestingly it was a book that was attacked by Bezos's wife at that point uh Mackenzie Bezos uh but in spite of that it still got almost 12,000 ratings on Amazon mostly five stars so uh Mackenzie made Brad's career, uh, or maybe helped make it. Brad made Brad's career. We had Brad on the show a couple of years ago talking about his follow up to the Everything Store, uh, Amazon Unbound, and we talked about what happened to Jeff Bezos. I guess what happened was that uh, he's enjoying spending his billions of dollars. His timing seems impeccable. Meanwhile, Uh, More than 10 years ago, I had an entrepreneur, venture capitalist, Anand Rajamaran, on the show, talking about how Walmart wanted to leapfrog over Amazon. Uh, Rajamaran sold his uh, startup to Walmart and has been... uh, one of many execs at Walmart uh, with the responsibility of allowing Walmart or helping Walmart overtake Amazon. No one seems to be successful. We've done lots of shows on Walmart too. One with Sarah Jaffe, the progressive journalist, the author of "Won't uh, Work Won't Love You Back" about the the awful working conditions at uh, Walmart, and recently uh, in November of last year. I had Rick Wartzman on the show who has a new book out on Walmart and why Walmart workers are still broke. The title of his book is Still Broke. We haven't, though, in spite of all these shows on Walmart and Amazon, we haven't done a Walmart-Amazon show, and that's changing. There's a new book out this week, Winner Sells All, Amazon, Walmart, and the Battle for Our Wallets, Um and interestingly enough, it's written by my guest, Jason Del Rey, who's whole journalist career seems to be focused on covering both Amazon and Walmart. Jason is joining us from New Jersey. Uh, Jason, you've spent your life covering Walmart <laughs> and Amazon. Poor man. How miserable is that?
1: You see, I, um, if you see the top of my head... Those gray hairs did not happen uh, just from raising two young kids. Uh, These companies contributed, for sure.
0: Well, at least you've kept your hair, Jason. Um, (laughs) Walmart versus Amazon. It seems to me, uh, I'm not a specialist, I've done some writing and thinking on this subject, it's not much of a match. But Amazon has always crushed Walmart. Was there ever a moment where Walmart really had a chance? I mean, if you look back
1: to the very early years of e-commerce, so I'm ta- I am talking 1990s, and I have a, a fun-to-me anecdote in the book about Walmart having this small team that was experimenting with selling online. This is in the mid-90s. Yeah, and you had a
0: piece in Fast Company. This was the moment Walmart lost to Amazon.
1: Correct. and And they had a smart team paying attention, experimenting, And one of the leaders of that that team, you know, requested from Walmart's then CEO a bit more of a commitment, a bit of a mandate from the company that e-commerce was more than just a test and an experiment. Uh, He essentially was told he actually bet his job on on the idea um, if they would give him more of a commitment. And he was told, you know, it's never going to be big enough for us. You know, we'll keep experimenting, but that's about it he ended up packing up his bags shortly after uh, taking a job with Amazon staying there over a decade surprise, and was surprised and was part of a team that helped really take some of Walmart's you know insights and best ideas and meld them with the technological chops of Amazon and you know start that crazy growth
0: that Amazon experienced for a very long time jason i'm sure you're familiar with clay christensen's innovator's dilemma the idea that sure. It's very hard once you become an innovator to keep on innovating. Has Walmart been a victim of that? They were, of course, once Amazon in the sense that they were the innovators. They were the ones who revolutionized physical shopping, uh, I guess, in what, the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Uh, and then they were overtaken by Amazon in the same way, I guess, as Microsoft. Uh, was overtaken by Google, and now Google is being challenged by OpenAI. Is there a bit of an innovator's dilemma when it comes to this Walmart versus Amazon uh, fight?
1: Absolutely. And that, that's one key reason I wrote this book. I'm, I'm a big fan of Brad Stone's uh his two Amazon books are wonderful. Um there have been some. There's a recent uh Walmart book that you referenced. There was also the Walmart effect, but that was back in 2006. Yeah, and, there... and
0: actually I think I I think we may have even had a show on that. Who wrote the Walmart? Um movie? I am Bl- he was it was... somebody called Fishman?
1: Yes, and um oh, I, fishy, I anyway. he he was he was then a fast company uh writer or editor at the time. Great book. I don't think it even mentioned Amazon though. And uh, so, so, you know, this is a case of the innovator's dilemma. I, I felt like it deserved, you know, a lot of the book is about that. And, you know, Walmart, there's a couple of reasons why. What Walmart struggled with was the profits and, um, you know, fortune that the super centers uh, gave them. Was Would be at risk if they started investing in this, you know, what was often an unprofitable e-commerce operation. They also were afraid of cannibalization of those profitable in-store sales, which was a, a fair thing to be worried about, but um, they needed to just do it. And for a very long time, they just did not. There were culture clashes inside the company until really just the last few years under the current CEO, Doug McMillan, where they, um, again, still still experiencing some of the innovators dilemma, but um, leaders like Doug McMillan started, uh, started forcing the hand of some executives. Um, and they have, I wouldn't say they have not caught up with Amazon, but they finally look like... Um, at least a formidable competitor, someone who is not a laughing stock in the digital space. I think
0: what's interesting is that um, there was no, or there hasn't been any, visa to Amazon's Mastercard, or or mm-hmm. even a, a, a lift to uh, to Uber. Why do you think there was no? In e-commerce. I mean, obviously there was Walmart, but they were a pre-existing giant. Why did Amazon dominate e-commerce so completely early on? Was it because of um, Bezos's mastery of, of of Wall Street, of ability to um, parlay loss into <laughs> future profit?
1: Yeah. So uh, I, I think there's a couple of reasons. I'll just try to go through just a couple. Uh, first is I think. Uh, Jeff Bezos and his uh, then-CFO way back, uh, a woman by the name of Joy Covey, uh, when Amazon went public, they messaged then and they kept their messaging the same, which was, we are in this for the long haul. Essentially, don't expect profits in the short term. We're going to gobble up market share. We're going to focus on growth and eventually uh, the cash flow and the profits will come. And they stuck to that messaging. And while it was doubted at times, and they definitely had rough spots in in their history of uh, Wall Street, on Wall Street, uh, really that that gave them this incredibly long leash that they executed on. You know, we've now seen companies try the same thing uh, once they get public. And it, it, it's just, if you haven't been saying it from day one, uh, not to borrow an Amazon speak, uh, but uh, it, it's really hard. So that was one. You know, some others will point to the fact that. Amazon, you know, the creation of Amazon Prime was a really big moment in the company's history, started in 2004, and really for a few years, you know, struggled to really grow extensively. Uh, But then over time, they've added things like video and other perks to make it, you know, Jeff Bezos has said they want Prime to be sort of a no brainer. Um, so such I think a no brainer that as,
0: as Lisa, Lena Khan, the head of the FTC <laughs> has noted this week, such a no brainer. It's actually hard to get out of it. Once you sign up, of course, the FTC announced this week that they're suing Amazon because at, at least according to the FCC, they make it incredibly hard to, um, to delete your, your prime account. If you sign up, for it. no, that's that, that, yep. That just broke this week. And, uh,
1: I think for sure there are hoops to go through uh to cancel I think on the other you know and they also uh allege that the process of of signing up is not always clear I actually and 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 sort of I think they use the word trick that Amazon is either duping or tricking people into signing up I actually have an anecdote in my book uh, about it, you know, not what Amazon has done online to sign people up for Prime, but actually what they, some stuff they were doing, uh, perhaps unethical in their bookstores before they shut them down. Well, we know. I
0: mean, there's w- w- one word that we don't associate with Amazon is is ethical. that by definition <laughs> unethical company. I wonder though. Lena Khan has been uh, looking for all sorts of ways to fight Amazon. She's not shy to acknowledge that doesn't seem as if this is a particularly good case is this if this is the best she has on amazon then i'm not convinced she's gonna nail them yeah so i think this is a case of what what the ftc
1: might consider a low-hanging fruit they have been focused on companies engaging in what um uh sort of this misleading tactics to either sign people up for memberships or keep them entrenched um i i wouldn't have predicted this case for from the ftc against amazon a year or two ago and and we'll see where it goes but i my bet right now is that they will file a a separate uh case related to anti-competitive behavior the challenge is and i'm not sure if they have it is this, does the ftc have the manpower and then the bigger question is these cases could go on five seven years and the amount of ground amazon could make in five to seven years compared you know is just astounding uh, it, so- it would
0: it would be astonish me if uh lena khan was around in five to seven years maybe even five to seven um, months or even yeah days, given how unpopular she's become i wonder ironically um jason whether for amazon it's good having walmart around if they weren't yeah. around then lena khan would have had a much stronger antitrust case against amazon
1: i i think that's a great point and i think uh Walmart being around certainly is helpful to Amazon in some ways. That said, uh, as I report in the book, Amazon's current CEO, Andy Jassy, in recent years has been very frustrated that while Amazon's getting all this scrutiny from Washington, D.C., from labor groups, that it seems like, at least to Amazon executives, that Walmart, you know, has sort of the, 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 scru- the, the high level of scrutiny has sort of passed them by, and he had to have executives internally remind him that Walmart was once the center of you know attention and to many people public enemy number one, but it has become amazon 's turn and I think Amazon frankly and their executives have not done themselves a lot of favors favors by the way they 've engaged. Uh, with uh, regulators and politicians in Washington, D.C., with frankly, a lot of arrogance and snark.
0: You were on um, a podcast show with Peter Kafka, with Brad Stone, talking about the Jeff Bezos empire. I wonder what this book has taught you about leadership. I I personally am not a huge fan of of, of much of what Bezos has done, I once bumped into him in a bathroom uh, in Los Angeles—not um, hmm. literally, he, of course. Was he flexing in the mirror? Uh, he was very nice because I just <laughs> made a speech, and he actually introduced me him, himself to me, oh, which was was rather uh, surreal. But anyway, um, I've always been struck by his remarkable leadership skills. I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to work for him, but he's mm-hmm. clearly a genius of of all the geniuses in Silicon Valley, or in or out of Silicon Valley. He seems yep. To have um, the mastery, not just of leadership and a vision, but of, of timing. Um, Walmart, of course, originally had that kind of leadership too. What does this book, and following um, Walmart and Amazon, particularly in the post Bezos age, what has it taught you about the importance, or perhaps lack of importance, of having a dynamic, charismatic, authoritarian corporate leader?
1: yeah so it's taught me a few things on uh in terms of leadership at at both companies um one thing as I was reporting this book that i've been struck by that for all of jeff bezos's um you know strong leadership capabilities and his ability to really um for better or worse drive uh employees to accomplish things that they didn't think once possible um you know, some, he used to do it a lot through fear Uh, more recently, you know, when he was still CEO, you know, it was, it was out of sort of respect for, for what he has done. Um, I have been struck though, by, by in recent years at the executive level, sort of a a lack of self-awareness and, and, you know, they've kept a bubble around him and the leadership team where they don't seem to be able to acknowledge um, any valid criticisms about the company. And I think I, I'm not saying it's easy um, when you consider yourself a force for good to do that, but, uh, Walmart in its past has at times accepted and listened to critics. And I think that sort of helped their image. So, um, I, I, I wonder under Andy Jassy, if there will be an evolution to a company that's more, uh, self-aware, or at least pretends to at least hear the other side of arguments against their impact, uh, th- their complicated influence on this world, um, but, but we'll see on the on the Walmart side, listen, Sam Walton was a um a force of nature. Uh, someone it's that
0: Jeff Bezos of his age, really, in many ways, really,
1: and 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 Amazon, you know, borrowed and Jeff borrowed uh, a lot from Sam and philosophies, you know, things like frugality, other Amazon leadership principles like bias for action, those came directly from Sam Walton, uh, Walmart then went through a few other CEOs strong in their own, you know, had their own strengths. But uh, until they Instill, installed uh, Doug McMillan, their current CEO, into the CEO leadership position ab- about nine years ago. Um, they really, they really struggled to have a leader who uh, sort of was modern. You know, Sam in his time was was sort of modern. Uh, you know, in what. In what he tried to build with Walmart and the ways he was innovating, but they really haven't had a someone like that again and so While Doug McMillan was not an entrepreneur uh he is someone who's sort of of the modern age who is into technology into you know things you know things going on in silicon Valley um that he once was Walmart's international CEO. So they 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 built him up and tried to get him more of a worldly experience. And so he's been a great champion for the company, I think, and has done a pretty good job uh, trying finally to lead a transformation at Walmart into a company that uh, feels more modern. And can, can Walmart kind of-
0: become Microsoft? C- c- can it have a... Uh, a second glorious age, as Microsoft seems to be doing now. I, I think it can, uh, but this this is the time. I think Amazon's at an inflection point.
1: Listen, they're not a company that is um, going away anytime soon. I'm, so I, I want to be careful not to, to 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 say anything that implies that. But Amazon, with its layoffs, its cost cutting um, going on right now, uh, slowing growth. I think this is a real inflection point for the company. Morale is not great at at Amazon. And so Walmart does have an opportunity now, utilizing both its stores and its digital operations to steal some level of market share, um, to maybe carve off some prime customers, turn them into Walmart plus customers, which is a pretty good program and but but now is the time i think Doug McMillan maybe has another 2 years
0: in him as ceo and uh now's the time is what i would say is it possible jason that both companies now might be losers and that this what you call in the subtitle of your book the battle for our wallets is yesterday's battle yesterday's war that the battle now is for our attention the battle is for ai the battle um is for everything except our wallets we don't even use wallets anymore <laughs> to what to what extent could it conceivably be argued that, that both companies um, will become footnotes in a future perhaps dominated ironically enough by Microsoft open AI Google and apple of course
1: i think there's a i think there's a possibility of that I mean if you just look at the the history of you know the way business has evolved over time uh companies do not stand in a leadership position forever. I mean, there was a time when in the US, the idea of Sears Roebuck um, going away seemed absolutely ludicrous. A time when Walmart not being a leader in some meaningful part of the retail world would have seemed ludicrous. And so uh, that is you know, that is a possibility. I think you mentioned some very interesting companies and obviously um, the generative AI movement really blossomed in a big way into the mainstream uh, right after I finished writing this book. So maybe it'll be a part of the sequel, but that that's all a possibility. One other company I would just mention as it pertains to commerce um, is TikTok. I know how it's yeah. viewed today. Um, and they're trying to get their hands into, into commerce and maybe ByteDance will have to sell them off and, uh, that'll, that'll, you know, slow them down, but I would not, you know, I'm watching them very closely in the next five years to see, um, you know, a lot of what we do on Amazon and Walmart is, is not shopping. It's actually buying, it's just transacting. And there hasn't yet been a real digital player that has figured out sort of the, the offline shopping browsing experience. And perhaps perhaps we see some of that transition to TikTok. Right. There
0: was an interesting piece on TikTok in the Wall Street Journal this week about collective buying, I guess, the way in which social mm. has been transformed into e-commerce. Uh, you wrote an interesting piece last year suggesting that basically everything on Amazon has become an ad. I, I did a show with my old friend Martin Sorrell, one yeah. of advertising's great visionaries yeah. a couple of years ago in which he argued that, and he's always been bullish on Amazon, I haven't talked to him about Amazon in a post-Bezos world, but he thought that Amazon would join Google and Facebook in in the advertising space. To what extent is now Amazon more and more focused simply on advertising and competing rather against online retailers like Walmart, but against online um, advertisers like uh, Google and Facebook?
1: Yeah so it's a giant business for them i think around 40 billion dollars in revenue um you know a lot of analysts say that the gross profits of that the gross profit margins of that business are greater than even uh, Amazon web services gross margins, and so, for a lot of reasons, Amazon is very focused on it. I spoke a few weeks ago at a at a conference that was just focused on what what the industry calls retail media, essentially advertising on retail websites and Amazon sponsored a big part of that event, and Walmart sponsored the other type uh part. Walmart is trying to you know make a dent in the in the space because essentially i mean hate to say it this way, it's kind of easy money. And whether it's fair or not, you know, there's arguments that Amazon is essentially forcing uh, sellers and brands on its marketplace to advertise or else you you, you probably won't be seen. Um, and they would argue that small brands and new products, uh, it's really hard to get noticed unless you... Uh, advertise, and so this is a way of of boosting discovery of new brands and new products. But it is there is another race going on in the space. Amazon is huge already, and they're continuing to focus there. I I mentioned that morale inside Amazon is is not great right now. I'd say one area of the business where employees are feeling pretty good because there continues to be investment is the advertising space, whether that's good for us as consumers. I mean, there's a very good argument that, that it is not. Um, but I, Amazon has essentially outsourced the curation of their
0: marketplace and the the products we see to advertisers. Yeah, I think it's bad for the, the e-commerce side of the business. You mentioned web services, which of course is the other side of the Amazon business. Uh, a few years ago two or three years ago i had scott galloway on the show uh one of the the more prescient observers of this space suggesting that it's in everyone it would have been in everyone's interest including amazon to split the company into an e-commerce and web services business i wonder in your research and in your conversations with that amazon people whether the web services group um looked down on e-commerce and would actually prefer to be their own business and might be better off. I know Google now is aggressively uh, investing in their own web services uh, business. Microsoft's very strong in this area. That's the future. What, I I mean, Walmart, of course, doesn't have a web, certainly doesn't have a competitive web services business. What's been your experience in terms of the morale and the vision of the web services side of the Amazon uh, behemoth?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I think there's there definitely is has been a feeling in past years that um if you are sort of top technical talent at Amazon or in the industry and you had a choice between working on Amazon web services or the core e-commerce business, um it would historically be kind of a no brainer that you'd want to be working on AWS. One exception in the core consumer, in the broader consumer business at Amazon, has been uh, Alexa. Um, for years, Alexa had sort of this rule, uh, this ability when some technical talent came into the company, the hiring process, they could sort of poach people uh, away from other uh, teams hiring process to, to bring them into Alexa. Now there's been some cost cutting there, but I I don't know if there's been a feeling that they want to spin off the company or would, or they feel they would be better off. I think if that was the case, at least at the executive level, they would have engaged in that already. But, But I think they're you know, I think Scott, this argument and others that, uh, for the overall business and and the sorry for the value of the company they they would they would get more value from investors they would be valued yeah. more highly as a separate as a separate company. Um, critics would say though that they're you know fun, those profits from AWS help help subsidize you know selling products even at break even or a loss subsidize Prime and so um you know there is that piece of this
0: as well. It's interesting. You mentioned Alexa. You've written, uh, you wrote something last September for Vox on Amazon robots. In retrospect, tech historians, Jason, do you think they'll look back and see um, Amazon as really missing the AI boat? They were one of the first, first, first big tech companies to really seriously invest in smart technology in Alexa. Alexa now, in the age of generative AI, seems almost archaic. Is there a sense, and within Amazon, and do you think that Amazon has missed the AI boat? Is this a will this be looked back on in the post Bezos era as the moment when Amazon increasingly looked like a, a has been? What I can tell you confidently is they I are. I thought you were going to say confidentially.
1: <laughs> I want confidential. Not... Uh, I I do have some of that too, but w- w- let's see what I can say. What what I can say confidently is that. They are fearful of that right now. And that is driving a behind the scenes real push and investment in um in in AI in a lot of ways. I mean, all across the business, but but in the you know, we've talked a lot about the core retail business or e-commerce business, so I'll stay there. They they see a, a threat, but also an opportunity in the way that um product search uh is overhauled or disrupted by mm by AI. And so right now they're on sort of this hiring spree, uh, looking for all types of talent that can make the search experience one, not based on keywords, although that is how the advertising business works now. So that's that they have to figure that out, but one that's based more on the way you might ask a friend for a recommendation. Um, Can you um, maybe well, maybe this isn't the exact example, but I've seen one like this. Like, can you um, recommend a peanut butter brand uh, (laughs) created by a small business that is made in the U.S. and um, is organic? And so you Know, I think we may see a transformation. I think what
0: I I did uh, last week, I was in uh, the Baltics doing some speeches with Kevin Kelly, the great tech visionary. Mm -hmm. He talks about the future of AI being one of prompting, and we'll all have e commerce prompters, presumably, these bots that will tell us what we should and shouldn't buy, remind us when prices are good. They it's a very, very interesting uh, conversation, Jason. Very interesting space. The um. One uh, headline this morning is that uh, Ocado shares, it's a, a British online grocer, jumped more than 30% because of speculation of an Amazon takeover. You, you've written about uh, the Amazon versus Walmart fight in terms of acquiring new businesses. You wrote about their, their competition to acquire PillPack, an online healthcare company. Is the future of this rivalry going to be determined by uh mergers and acquisitions? Are, are they do they both have cash to really acquire major new players, particularly in areas like healthcare that are obviously so ripe to be developed by both companies?
1: Yeah, so Walmart uh there there is there is cash there still. I mean a bigger question for me, uh while at least Alina Khan is still at the FTC is uh can can amazon get away at least in this country and now ocado is not a us based company but can can amazon get get away with a a big acquisition in sort of the core retail space um, And, andor do they need one is another question but i i think the answer is probably n- no right now walmart you know i i think healthcare is a space where they they would try to make a big deal um if they can get it through they tried with pillpack that was you know that was around a billion dollar deal so um <laughs> i'm i'm saying that as if that's not a big a big deal uh, but it is uh but walmart also has its hands full in uh still trying to figure out and integrate an acquisition they made the biggest one they've ever made in india of a company called flipkart which is amazon's main e-commerce competitor uh that was that was almost a 17 billion dollar deal uh, back in 2018, and so um, th- they have their hands full on different fronts. Uh, what what I wouldn't rule out is something that was discussed years ago, which is a Walmart investment in TikTok. Um, a lot of people thought that you know seemed kind of crazy. Walmart, this old school, not cool retailer, uh, investing in uh, sort of the 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 must have uh, social media or video app of our time. And, you know, it went away for a while, but with, with the Biden administration, you know, still pressuring something to happen there, whether uh, of a spinoff of TikTok, I do wonder, you know, whether Walmart will look at that space and, and try to make another run there. That
0: would be fascinating, the, the, the politics of that uh, in, in every front. What about, I remember a few years ago, there were headlines about, uh, again, in the Bezos Times of uh amazon in association with berkeley hathaway developing uh innovative disruptive health care yeah
1: yeah that was a that was, that was a Are joint ven- right sorry go sorry. ahead no go on no that yeah that was a joint venture uh it was called haven i believe it was uh jp morgan chase uh hathaway berkshire hathaway and um and amazon uh that that did not work. Uh, they, even the group of the smartest people in the room, uh, cannot figure out the right way to share data there. It was kind of a consortium and it was complicated and they, um, it, it ended up failing, but Amazon is very serious as I lay out in the book about trying to innovate in healthcare while they had a lot of challenges with a program called Amazon care, uh, which was a melding of virtual care and, uh, in home care they then acquired uh, did make a big acquisition of a company called one medical which um, both a chain of uh doctors offices but also an app and uh they're they continue to invest there um that space is so unwelcoming to to outsiders but Amazon Walmart both think and I, and I think that maybe the biggest impact they might have in the next decade as companies could be at least in the US in the healthcare space
0: yeah, and uh, being hostile is, in, in a way, an invitation, certainly for uh, aggressive, smart entrepreneurs like Bezos. Finally, Jason, um, you, you mentioned the next decade in 2033 when you come back on your show, like uh, Brad Stone with the follow-up to this. What's going to surprise us, do you think? And and you can be outrageous because in 10 years, everyone will have forgotten what you said. Where Where do you think <laughs> these companies could still surprise us?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think, um, and I, I just alluded to this, but I do truly believe that that 10 years from now, we could be having this conversation. And while these companies will be still be retailers in some respects, we will look at them as um, big players in the healthcare industry. My guess would be Walmart with actually physical health clinics all across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, their biggest... Their biggest challenge in that space is they cannot keep a leader in place in healthcare. I think they've gone through maybe almost 10 in the last decade. On the Amazon front, uh, I think virtual care will absolutely, you know, whether you want to call it telehealth or virtual care, will absolutely be a big, big space a, de- a decade from now. And there's no reason with that, with, with, um, with the right focus and investment that Amazon can't be a player. Now, whether, you know, whether that's a good thing for all of us, I, I don't know, but I do believe a lot, of, a lot of customers still love Amazon and will trust them in that space.